they expect better content from us. We're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> Hello everyone, welcome to the Ruleproof Podcast. Uh, I am Johnny and I'm here with everybody else. That's that's where you introduce that's, yourself, yeah, guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. Ant. I'm Violet. I'm Fergus. I'm Tom. And today uh, we're basically going to sit and talk about, uh, you know, what we like about video games and, you know, how we've experienced video games in 2019 because it's been an interesting year for video games, hasn't it, guys? Yes, one word for it. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a variety show in it. Variety, not not a good one. <laughs> yeah, plenty. Of yes, yes. Right. <laughs> I, I I do indeed question the variety that um the uh, industry has <laughs> laid upon the uh, the uh, public this year. The variety, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it would probably be a good good place to start. Would probably be uh what what has everyone been playing this year, if if they can remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh or if we God. have, yeah, we even mm. play this year. Be even better. I think this is this is the year that I played games less than ever before. Yeah, likewise. I, <laughs> Me too. I haven't. Said, you don't play games anyway. <laughs> There's been no change for you. You you cannot play games <laughs> less than not at all. It's not possible. But I I do play games. I just I just don't play all the ones that you play. Just with your heart, mm. and just with your heart. Mm. I know it's yeah. terrible. No, but I mean, yeah, no, I am. Um, I, I, yeah, okay, I uh, infamously, uh, and everyone at Rollproof knows this. Um, Johnny, Johnny doesn't play games. I mean, Johnny loves games, but he doesn't play them. Well, none of us play games right now, so. Yeah. Hey, don't speak for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've played like so, six different ones this week. Okay, Violet, what have you played? This week or this year? Yes. Whichever. <laughs> Just yes. 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 Uh, this week, Jedi: The Fallen Order, Death Stranding, The Witcher Three, Rainbow Six Siege, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, Jesus and Christ. Candy Crush. Safe to say, why why probably doesn't have much of a life. One of these things is not like the yeah. others. <laughs> and I've played none of them, so I can't talk to you. Oh, oh, and the and the um, Outer Worlds and the Outer Wilds. Oh, right. no. oh, Outer Wilds. There's two different games, aren't there? Yeah, Outer Wilds, Outer Worlds. Yes, yes, there that. is. Yeah. Um, Outer like... Worlds is the Obsidian one, and Outer Wild. I don't know who makes Outer Wilds. Yeah, <laughs> Outer Worlds is like imagine if uh, an alternate reality if Bethesda didn't have Fallout's license. And it's like imagine <laughs> if Obsidian could carry on some beautiful legacy from New Vegas, but from what I see is a, a little bit janky i don't know i haven't i haven't seen much of it i mean i haven't played it yet i've downloaded it and i've intended to play it because i currently own xbox ultimate do they call it ultimate game pass ultimate whatever it is the one. basically gives me xbox live and a uh, game pass all in a tight yeah. needy a, a tight needy no and a, 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 a neat tidy little package that's what i was trying to say Got there in the end <laughs> uh neat and tidy not tight and needy or whatever yeah i whatever um yeah uh but no i haven't got around to playing it yet unfortunately i do oh. want to point out now that i do want to play jedi fallen order so please no spoilers violet please a jedi oh, please yeah, yeah. uh if i'm gonna even accidentally spoil anything um i'll spoiler warning but it's unskippable cutscenes aren't fun in games <laughs> please. And it, it doesn't there are so many cutscenes oh. 
and there's no fast travel and there's no mm. autosave. It's like oh no. It's like Star Wars Dark Souls. Yeah. I mean, I've I've also heard that obviously you can you can go you can fly between planets and stuff and um well you can't fly between planets but you can go between the planets and you can go once you once you unlock certain skill trees or skills or whatever you can go back and unlock um locked doors. Funnily enough, that's what you do with locked doors. Um, but also once you finish the game, there's actually no post-game content. No. So you have to you have to do it before you end the game, yeah. or before you do the final mission, which I just think is a bit redundant if you're going to build a game like that. It's a weird game. It's like um, I think the big take uh, I, I have from it was that they could have just done it as it would have benefited a lot from being more linear um, than mm. the sort of style they went for. Um, the Metroidvania stuff they kept going on about and being like, we're emulating so many different games from the past. You're get- There's something for everyone here. And ultimately, it doesn't really do any of them very well. Um, yeah. If- it does them well enough, but not it- exceptionally. Um, it helps it not just be a co- copy of the Force Unleashed games. Ooh, that- well... Um, so, no, those Force ga- games uh, it would be pretty bonkers to try and emulate them. Yeah. In terms of like, what oh, that guy can do. Oh. So, so when we boil it down and we look at EA's use of the Star Wars license, is it just another shiny game that make uh, that looks and feels like Star Wars but plays like crap? It doesn't no, play like crap. No, it plays really, really well. Yeah. Not to say that Battlefront played like crap, but it's just I, I mean a lot of people would argue that Battlefront was just Battlefield with a Star Wars skin. Yeah, not even that. Probably that's another game that would have benefited from doing more stuff like that. Um I feel like if you're emulating something that games from the past did, depending on depending on how far how long ago the past is. A lot of the time, there's there's a reason games don't do that anymore. Yeah. And sometimes it's because that thing just didn't work. I mean, going back and replaying a section of a level that you did, however many, say, 10, 15 hours ago, because you now have the ability to open a single door that probably doesn't have all that much behind it. It's, it's not all that attractive, and it, it feels like a quite clunky way of adding replayability and exploration into somewhere that it's not necessarily needed. It, it's it's not as much like that as it seems because generally when you unlock a new force power or something that will allow you to unlock the doors, you can just go back and there's quite a bit to explore. Like, no spoilers, Johnny, don't worry. Um, when I was on my way to a mission to do something, I accidentally went the completely wrong way and found a huge underground cave area with collectibles, different routes in and out of different areas, um, and I accidentally ended up exploring that for about three hours before I realised I wasn't going the right way. Um, oh, so it's quite f- it's quite good in that regard. Of it's not just but oh you're fundamentally, door. yeah yeah. Sorry, fundamentally, is that not bad game design? I mean, it's it's good if you're making a non-linear game, but at the same time, if if the you know, if the player knows that, or if the player is supposed to know that that area is sort of locked off, and if you go that way, okay, yes, it's going to be cool to go and explore it and what have you, but you're not going to be able to access it because you haven't got the 
the select force power you need to go and access it. Is that not bad game design by the player then going and looking around it for three hours well, I, uh, I instead of actually following the objective? Um, because you go into the game knowing that you need the force power or you need whatever skill to actually unlock said area. I have heard that it's really good at telling you when you can't access an area it, it, because you don't have a power yet. It is. Yeah. Um, so in it, um, if you can use um, use it with the force, it lights up blue. But if you haven't got that unlocked yet, it's red. And if you open the mini uh, the map, it will show you red areas are blocked off. And even before you go up to them, once you've been in that area, it will be you can't go that way. Um, and then it's yellow if oh here's a path you can explore and go through um but it the only thing i real really don't like about it is it doesn't have objective markers and because of the lack of fast travel i bit on the opposite side of the map i then had to walk all the way back to the ship mm. through the same place i've just been through and because it's dark soul style style to save rest regenerate your stuff Sorry, I'm trying to speak as loosely as I can so I don't accidentally spoil it. I do appreciate that because uh, just because, like, uh, as as the others will know, I'm a I'm a stickler for spoilers. I hate spoilers. Mm. Um, <laughs> we had I think we had we had a massive conversation in one of the previous podcasts uh, we did for well, it was a completely different podcast, but I think we had a uh, a conversation about what mm. makes a spoiler a spoiler, and that that was a. That was an interesting topic of conversation. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I do appreciate that, Violet, so thank you. No, anyway. It's fine. It's just because it's very Dark Souls style. I, I haven't really played Dark Souls, so I don't know if it has fast travel or not. Oh, I Funnily enough, Souls neither has Johnny. Yeah. Dark Souls is a game that's completely missed me. Um, I mean, I, play, I played the first one and snapped PS3 controller perfectly in half, so... Oh, wow. That's um, impressive. It, 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 it was painful. Um... But yeah, there's no fast travel, so you have to walk everywhere on mm. the map. And for me, so far, that's the only big failing of it for me. Yeah. Just because you gotta walk so much. But with well, the... I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I just think respawn and missed a trick there. Surely you should be able to wall run everywhere. Um, <laughs> you can. The wall, run, the wall running is so useful. Like, the wall running is they, so useful. They have done a good job overall, um, but it seems like. Uh, the sort of game that's setting up for something that perfects all these issues sort of like how Mass Effect 1 was very imperfect but then Mass Effect 2 came out and smashed it um, because there had been that base of improvement Um, Mm -hmm. like this is clearly like a game that is fun but has a lot of flaws like everyone I've talked to have played it everyone in my house who's played it um, has more or less said um, it was good but there were definitely a lot of flaws and like um, the story uh of like everyone's feedback from it was mostly just listing off everyone my voice everything just listing off like everything it did wrong and then being like oh it's fun though um and so you don't like get a complete picture which is which is the main thing um yeah and i think also sorry sorry to cut in and but i think that going back to um that using mass effect mass effect 2 as an example the good thing about this um is that technically this is only respawn's second intellectual property so the the public are probably going to be a lot more generous towards respawn than they would be towards say um dice uh who've had ex- who've had years of experience making 
making shooters um just using battlefront as an example you know um so i think you know the fact that they've you know made a game which okay it it it, it plays well it's a good sort of um foreshadowing of what's to come from respawn and what they're capable of and what what the star wars license under ea could turn into um but i think if the if the game had been made by anyone else i think people might be crushing on it a lot more but i think people have a lot of faith in respawn even though they're underneath the uh the grubby hands of electronic arts and respawn are in that um sort of perfect middle ground between being new at the art and being experienced at it that they can identify the issues with their own um their own game but they've they've not been stuck in their ways for so long that they're blind to them yeah, they're not a super young studio either. I think mm. they were founded twenty eleven or twelve. Yeah, because um, they've done something like that. They've done Titanfall and Apex, so the yeah. pedigree is a lot of first person shooter games. Yeah, before this one. Although I do know that the team for that did Fallen Order was completely different to their core team. Mm. Um, True, but it's which... also worth noting that the founders, the founders of Vince Zampala and the other one, I can never remember the other guy, but they were the guys called who... the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the, Sorry, they were the guys who um, actually founded Infinity Ward, so they are the guys who invented Call of Duty. Mm. Fun yeah, fact. True. So you know they have experience making games uh, um, and making making successful games. Because I mean, if we go back to the original Call of Duties before it became before it became Activision's cash cow. Um, I th- I think those those games stood really well on their own like you know Call of Duty 1 2 3 and then obviously obviously they were under different studios I can't remember which ones did what and then obviously you had Modern Warfare and I think all the way up to maybe maybe arguably Black Ops 2 and then everything sort of went to shit would yeah. that be fair to say yeah uh, yeah maybe <laughs> Maybe. Not that I'm a Call of Duty fan, but I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd played. I'd like to say I've played enough Call of Duty to. <laughs> played a bit of Call of Duty in your time. Make a judgment. Yeah. One, of the, one of the few games Johnny has played. <laughs> Question so, um, calling Call of Duty a game. This is, this mm, is very that's true. A, that's a fair point. Oh, Fergus is still here. Hello, Fergus. <laughs> so, I, I don't play Star Wars games. I've got nothing to add. No, it's 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 a. It's a good. Just before we finish this top, this little bit, it's a good serviceable game. It does have issues, but it seems like a lot of a company's first third-person story-driven game, rather than like Titanfall or Apex, which isn't very heavily story-driven. Uh, not in game though. So it's it's a good attempt at it, and it does have flaws, but. With the issue we were on about before we tangented off a little bit um, of the exploration and going back, as you progress through the story, and I've noticed this, as you progress through the story and you go back to planets, bits change. Like, um, I went back to the second planet you land on and I was running through an area that had previously been safe Hmm. uh, and... three enemies just came around the corner and started attacking me in an area that had been safe so stuff does change and open up and you will tend to visit the planets multiple times yeah um so if you go back you can kind of get the uh, the exploration done at the same time and it's true 
So I want to go back to something you said earlier when you were saying that you went the wrong way and then ended up exploring for three hours before you realised that you weren't going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. Did you not realise because the game wasn't making it clear to you where you were meant to be going? Or did you not realise just because you were enjoying doing something the game wasn't necessarily expecting you to do? Yeah, both. It's it like I say, it doesn't have objective markers. Mm-hmm. The only way you can see your objective is by opening the map. And the map only shows you where you're going if you've been in that area before. So it's a lot of do you go this way, do you go that way? And that helps promote explore these areas, unlock things, find new bits for your lightsaber, find some terrible cloak designs. <laughs> oh, I can talk no, about I that. love ponchos, thank you. Oh, <laughs> I hate the poncho. Great thing to collect. It's useless. <laughs> Well, yeah, Just it's definitely useless. It's cosmetic. Yeah, there's like, there's one... So Johnny, this isn't, a, fine. Sp- this isn't a spoiler. <laughs> it's fine, you, you, can stop, you can stop doing it's, damage control, it's fine. This no, isn't no, a spoiler, it just sounds like one. It's, it's about one collectible in the game. Just one little that's, bit. Uh, uh, honestly, that's fine. Cool. If it was story spoilers, I'd, I'd, I'd care. If it's like what a certain robe looks like or what a lightsaber hilt looks like, um, I, I'm a Star Wars fan. I know what these things look like. So oh, what my lightsaber looks like and what yours looks like will be completely different because of the customization on it. Mm-hmm. That's cool though. I do like I do like the fact that there's a lot of customization. Well, yeah. from what I've heard, there's a lot yeah. of customization involved. And I really liked that how they um, incorporated. Not something I'm personally interested in, but I really liked how they incorporated the customization with the theme park in Orlando. Yeah. Because at that theme park, you can build your own lightsaber at the theme park. I wondered where you were going for a minute when you said theme park. (laughs) Yeah. There's a theme park in this game? What? No, no, no. Imagine. Uh, uh, But there's a a theme park in Orlando, specifically that Disney made for Star Wars, and you can go into a workshop and build your own lightsaber there with different parts. And it was definitely very wise for them to put these parts in the game because now players can be like, okay, I can build exactly what I built Mm -hmm. in reality in the game. And there's this nice little link that doesn't you know, it doesn't add anything, but it's a really nice personal touch, and they didn't have to do it. No, um, it's... Before, before we move yeah. on, just one question to the people who have played this this game, and yeah. I think this is, I mean, to me, this seems quite important, because I think this would be on every Star Wars fan's mind after what happened with Battlefront 2, but does the game at all feel like it's been marred by the fact that it's been published by EA? No, and... I'd argue EA's gotten a lot better recently. Other companies have had a lot more bad press and a lot more crappy things, but over the... <coughs> Bethesda. Bethesda, Ubisoft, um, Blizzard. Mm. They've all had really bad press, but with EA, it's gotten a lot better. Like People still complain about Battlefront 2, but the, every update for that game, and there have been some major updates, Like I watched a video about it, and it's downloading back at home now. Yeah, is they've added stuff from the Clone Wars, everything, new heroes. They removed all of the microtransactions besides cosmetic ones. Mm. And yeah, it's I mean, I I have still got, got the game. And I mean, I've had it. I've had it since day one, and I've watched it grow. I've watched Battlefront yeah. Two grow. It has improved and I mean, a lot, a lot, lot. It's lot. sorry. 
it has just improved massively that game yeah um i haven't played it in a while but last time i did i think the only the only issue they went on uh with that is now they focus too much on the clone wars the fact that occasionally in the rotation you'll come across like an original trilogy map and you'll be like i almost forgot that this was in the game because <laughs> there's just yeah, so much I clone wars content um it's, but all, that's it's not almost a bad like thing. Uh, they've added so much it's not a bad thing, but it's almost like Disney and EA have almost sort of somewhat forgotten about the original trilogy and are somewhat neglecting it to an extent. Well, the fans we have Clone Wars, so they were like, okay, this is the year, don't worry guys, this is the year of Clone Wars, alright? You're, you're not going to get anything but Clone Wars, in fact. We've got so much in the works, and then they do a year of that, to the fact that you get to the end of the year, and now there's maybe too much. Uh, because mm. you just never come across the other stuff and the whole I one think... of the big sticking points of the game when it came out was that you got all three errors and now it sort of feels like there's more of one than the others but they're there yeah I think they've exhausted their options when it comes to the Clone Wars oh, I mean I'm glad like I mean don't don't get me wrong the um, the uh, the prequels have a lot of a lot of content within them and I think one of the one of the big things and again I remember George saying this about the prequels is that he wanted to show off new planets like it was it was he used the prequels as a conduit to show off uh, new locations so that I mean that's why there's such a, a rich tapestry of, um, of of different planets to explore and sort of like develop and add to the game um, but at, at the same time uh, I, there's 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 some original trilogy content that's most definitely missing, and it would be nice for them to sort of, you know, uh, go back to Star Wars's roots and a little, we... and just you know recognise yeah. that you know it did all start with Star Wars as it was known when it was released in 1977, and it would be good to get some some content based on uh, the originals again. Before we sing EA's praises and talk about their improvements too much yes. and uh, before Vi moves on to the next game she's EA, played EA is the, am I just going to be like talking about this entire pilot am I going to be talking about what I've played and what you guys have seen versus what actually <laughs> happened uh, well, essentially we, us, are, we are vicariously living uh, 2019 in video played, games through you but it's been like a year of decline in play so. <laughs> I ain't played shit Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think 2020 will be the big year for games, just because. I mean, obviously, if you've got a PC, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But because, I mean, the 2020 is the year of next gen. It's going to be the the year of the PS5, the year of um, Scarlet, the year the year of XCloud, the year Google realized Stadia is a massive mistake and they shouldn't <laughs> have uh, gone there in the first place. Um, a, a, a lot's going to happen for the industry next year. Also, there's a new Halo coming out, so I can't complain because we know how much I love Halo because it's the only game Johnny plays. Um, but yeah, before but, we compliment EA too much, yeah. let's, let's not forget that Anthem is a thing that exists. Haha, I have a counterpoint on that. Um, apparently, reports have come out the EA and Bioware have brought in other studios, other Bioware studios, other EA studios, even some external studios, to completely rework and redo 90% of that game. Damn. They are okay. dedicated to getting it off the ground. Which is yeah. good, and it shows it shows dedication. It, it shows as much dedication as Paramount putting $35 million into the Sonic the Hedgehog film to correct that horrendously disgusting mistake yeah. um, it, it was only 5 million the initial report was um, factually incorrect 
So it was only five and it wasn't 35. She says euphemistically. No, production of the film hadn't finished yet. So the redesign was basically, okay, we've got to re-CG the bits that we've already done. But for the rest of the film, it was mostly just put it back in. But mm. right, Anthem's thank you launch. for fact-checking me there. Anthem's launch welcome, should not baby. have been that bad. And That's Sonic what, the Hedgehog. That was going to be my <laughs> And Sonic the Hedgehog should never have looked like that. No. Yeah, exactly. No. But my point is, is that has the yeah again, and I think people were asking the same thing with Battlefront Two. Obviously, if you look at Battlefront Two now, it's improved. But has the damage already been done with Anthem? Mm-hmm. They they may be improving yeah. things, but they shouldn't really have been in that state to begin with. It wasn't exactly it was... coming off at the strong point anyway. Like when no. you see that game done by Bioware, it was definitely I, I thought it was bizarre and I didn't have any interest in it whatsoever. Um I don't know if because this it is something was something that Bio the Bioware fans would be able to be like salvaged toward towards or not, because it's just so unlike anything that they've done before. Um if personally I'd rather see it just disappear so that maybe Bioware can be saved, but um, I think the issue I have is that because obviously Bioware are under under again the the grubby mitts of EA, um, and EA saw how well uh, Destiny was doing under Activision, which of course Destiny is now under Bungie and is self-published, which is a completely different topic entirely, which is really interesting. Mm. Um, they thought, okay, uh, what would happen if we took Destiny and Mass Effect and crammed them into the same cake tin and put it in the oven at 300 degrees Fahrenheit. What came out was an extremely burnt mess and should never have, you know, should never have come to light. I agree with Tom here that I don't think it, it's, it, it was not Bioware's finest hour. Well, if Mass Effect was in those ingredients, I don't think it recognisably survived the process because there's so little role playing in it. Um, mm. It may as well not be that way anyway. And, and, um, and please don't wish Anthem will disappear. I, I spent money getting a copy of that game to research it for oh, this podcast later. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. I just paid I mean, for it's, pre- yeah. you, In all fairness, you only spent £5 on it. I feel sorry for yeah, those who yeah. spent 60 or yep. 70 or £80 pounds on it, you know, because it, it was... I mean, I remember getting um, a, 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 an access code to either the alpha or the public beta. I can't remember which one it was. And... Um, Oh, the loading times. Need, need, need I say any more? <laughs> they put they put Skyrim to shame. I haven't even played Skyrim. Another game Johnny hasn't played. I hope you're you're all uh, you not sitting there with pe- pens and papers Skyrim. and noting oh. this down. How have I not played Skyrim? I haven't played Skyrim. Oh, just I thought it was just that. one of those games that everyone gets to at some point. They re-release I it enough. Yeah. I, I think the uh, the key question, uh, the, the, sorry, the key the key words there were at some point. <laughs> I haven't got there yet. Um, is right. it too late for me to get there? No. Uh, questionable. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be released on the next console you get. <laughs> yeah, because they'll release it. They'll release like a remastered, remastered version alongside uh, Skyrim. They absolutely no, will. not Skyrim six, but you know the Elder Scrolls six. You know the next one. Yeah, they'll uh, Skyrim the Creation Club edition. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, We'll get into that at some point. Um, we've gone off on a massive tangent here. We're talking about Anthem and how uh, EA haven't had the most fantastic year. They've been doing a lot of damage control this year, but 
Anthem was probably one of their biggest mistakes. Yeah. Um, Even if you're good at damage control, it does mean that you did damage in the first place. Which... Yeah. And also, EA have a reputation for mm. needing to do damage control. Yeah. So it's not helping them, is it? They're going to come out as the the most hated company again this year or whatever, because they do, they do, they have over the past couple of years come out as one of the most hated companies yeah, but... or one of the most hated game publishers. I don't know which list it's under. Bethesda's put enough stiff competition this year, though. Yeah. Woo! Oh. <laughs> Who wants to talk about? Who wants to talk about Bethesda? There's there's a couple of thousand yard stairs going on here in the studio <laughs> i can also talk about fallout 76 oh boy i mean i didn't i haven't i've never played fallout so again another game johnny hasn't played i feel like we should have like a sound cue for every time a game is mentioned that i haven't played you get the qi klaxon on or something yeah. yeah that would work that would work although it's probably copyrighted but hey mm -hmm. um but yeah um vi Next oh. game you played. Tell us about Fallout 76. <laughs> I yes, have, right. <clears throat> Full disclosure, I haven't played it since about three updates ago. Oh, um, so, so when it got notoriously bad? No, when it got notoriously better, because they added story. Um, it got notoriously bad when they added the 100-odd pound a year <laughs> private server premium. But we, we, which I think yeah. is a joke. I, I, I'm sorry. I've never seen any game studio do anything like that. I, I think that's a. I, I, I almost think that might be worse than the microtransactions in Battlefront Two. I, I honestly think Bethesda might have topped EA here. <laughs> oh damn. Yeah, it's what I mean. Yeah, he's gotten a lot better. Other companies have just gotten a lot. No, worse. no, 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 no. EA have not got a lot better, Bethesda have just got worse, everyone's looking at Bethesda now, and EA are still doing the, the shit they do, but they're doing it under the radar because everyone's looking at Bethesda and Ubisoft. Yeah. Because companies you wouldn't expect to make mistakes have made mistakes, the focus is now on them, it doesn't make EA any better. It makes them but look not, better. You know, yeah. It makes them look better, but they're still shady as hell, because mm -hmm. like... They still like they still make most of their profit off their microtransactions because FIFA is still a, FIFA is still a thing. FIFA Ultimate Team is still probably one of their most profitable, um, uh, or one of their most uh, biggest revenue streams. The same way with uh, whatever whatever the equivalent is in um, uh, Madden NFL and uh, whatever other sports titles uh, EA Canada um, shit out of their own asses. So you know. It's a case of um, it's a case of um, the lesser of two evils, isn't it? Really, I'd, I'd argue no, because I think with the examples you've just used, they are going to have a very specific fan base that has been loyal to them for years, or people have been introduced to it through parents, family, friends who already like those sports, like Major League Baseball, NFL, um, football. Do you not still think it's a shady business practice, though? I'm not talking about. I think people... every company makes shady business practices regarding microtransactions because they tend to be how it's most popular now, and how they make the most profit from games. I mean, look, look at—I guess—look at Fortnite as an example, or just look at Battle Royale as an example, um, because I don't know. Well, I—I—I I, I I assume most microtransactions are cosmetic anyway, but it's still, you know, the free-to-play model is a. Uh, is an interesting one 
but that's a that's a story yeah. for a different time. That's not Fallout 76, is it, guys? I'm gonna just interject and finish this. I would argue that Ubisoft's microtransactions are worse because in Odyssey and Origins, the latest two Assassin's Creed games, you can pay real money for credits to permanently increase the amount of XP that you get in those games. And um, stupid unlocks, like weapons that are useful uh, quite early on and give you a boost that can like majorly prop you up. And I'd argue that's worse if it's bleeding through to single player. Like mm. multiplayer, I can kind of understand people wanting an edge, but with single player games, paying for a permanent XP boost. Yeah. So in in order of in order of um in order of who's the bad guy would you argue ubisoft at, at this current moment in time ubisoft bethesda ea yeah i would i think ea has kind of changed the practices with the newer games but with the fifa and madden series they just keep it the same because it's the best way they make money and no one really complains about those games because then they are a select already established fan base I have to admit, being part of the FIFA fan base, um, yes, I, I do play FIFA, but that's this is because this is because I like football. You can all throw up in your own mouths, and <laughs> I, 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 I understand why. But I mean, that's my personal preference. Um, but being being part of the FIFA fan base, no, I don't buy it every year. I have EA access, so I wait for it to come out for free. Um, but because they focus so much on these. Um, are on these modes that are basically just, you know, a, a card game or what have you, like a FIFA Ultimate Team, and you know, because they they essentially don't put any focus on uh, the the part of the fan base who enjoy career mode. So for for all of you who haven't played FIFA, career mode is basically where you get to take a team, and um, you you get to take your favorite team or whatever team you want, and obviously players them manage them take them through the leagues and you know win all the cups and all, all all the leagues and all the trophies and what have you but because all of the focus is on is on ultimate team every year and improving that because that's ea's biggest stream of revenue from fifa um the career mode itself and that fan base gets neglected um so i mean you know I, they keep it in there to i guess satiate that part of the fan base but it might as well not be there anymore because i think the fifa or you know uh ea sports make most of their money through ultimate team yeah. i see yeah and i mean as a fan of the game and i know that uh, you can all you can all give me death stairs i get it um <laughs> As a as a fan of the game, uh, that that disappoints me because I don't really care for opening packs and uh, putting together a team of um, all the best players. I'd rather you know hop into career mode, get my team, and be like, well, you know, in real life, my team sucks, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take them to the Champions League and win the Champions League, and you know be in the top six of the premier league or what have you i'm not saying my team actually sucks my team are awesome but <laughs> you would say that yeah but so would every so so would every <laughs> fan um but yeah you, you you get what i mean i just like there there, there are because of because of the way that game's made there are fan base there is a part of the fan base which feels every year and year after year that they're 
that they're being neglected and it's it's been that way for a while now i think we've we've all felt a bit um hard done by since maybe potentially fifa 15 so it's been about five years the skinner box strikes again mm. yeah <laughs> but anyway that's that's just me going off on a tangent about fifa and <laughs> and and ea's microtransactions and how i'd argue even though um, it's okay for EA to keep doing what they're doing with FIFA because it's their biggest revenue stream. Um, there is still part of the fan base that feels like they're being neglected because it's it's not the only part of the game and it's not the only part of the game that's appreciated. That was the argument I was making. <laughs> so uh, do we do we all have like a uh, a pick for like the best game we've played this year? Like not that it came out this year. It might have come out twenty years ago, but best game we played this game for the first time. Ooh. Um, because I I definitely have a couple um, but I'd be curious to see if anyone else has any like, um, not, not even something that's you know necessarily released this year um, I, I don't know because Johnny doesn't play games so maybe yeah, pass that here? one on to the rest of the team <laughs> yeah I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm here because because I think you guys like me I don't know <laughs> you come here you talk for five minutes straight about FIFA and then you say Sorry, guys, I don't play any of the games you play. You know, I'm, my finger would be hanging over the end call button, but alas, I don't but, have control. That's no, why. but I mean, no, I do I do play other games, but I mean, the, the long-standing joke is that I don't. Um, but I, <laughs> off, the, off the top of my head, I can't think of a game yet, which isn't either Halo or FIFA or, I don't know, one of the Lego games or what have you. So that's why I'm passing the question off. Oh, wow, damn, it's the end of the year, Johnny. <laughs> it's a lot of time. I know, I know. To be honest, I think... Um, oh, yeah, I guess this year's been a difficult one for me, so, because due to personal circumstances oh, and right. stuff, I haven't had... The, I haven't had the best time. I know, yeah, it sounds like another excuse from Johnny, fair enough. But, you know, I haven't had the... This year hasn't given me the best opportunity to really, like, uh, spread my wings when it comes to um, exploring new video games, so... But I I did manage to play The Witness this year, so. All right. Okay. How was that? You know, they're, 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 I mean, if I go back through the list of games I've I've delved into this year a little bit, um, my short my I mean my memory's not great, but I definitely played The Witness this year. I didn't finish it, but that was quite fun. Yeah. How um, far did you get in that? Um, I couldn't tell you. Um, because I well I don't know where the end point of the game is, but I I, I, I did quite a few puzzles. Um, I, but I don't. I don't know where I got um, really without without popping the game open because I haven't played it in a while. But I did I did have a fun time with it. Okay. I just never got around to finishing it. Yeah. Um, I realised while we've been talking that actually I've played a lot more games this year than I thought I have. It's just a lot of them were not memorable in the slightest. Ooh. God damn it, Ant. Um, not, not good, yeah. Like you, Ant. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, yeah, it turns out I'd completely forgotten that I played Forza Horizon 2 because it's a bit crap. All right. Um, you much of a racing game fan, though? Or... Uh, you just, mm. <laughs> well, played I mean, one, you've played you them need... all, really, haven't yeah, you? Yeah. Do, you need uh, to play a, do you need to be a racing game fan to love Burnout Paradise? Or well, Driver I... Fran Sa oh, Fran Sanfrisco. <laughs> 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 That's its name now. <laughs> Too late. You said it. Mate, you, 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 can, you can tell it's late, guys. Yeah, Uzi bombed. 
Driver, Driver San Francisco is a very unique racing game. I, I guess it's technically a racing game. I don't know. Or is it more of like a... I don't know. Either way. It is one of the few... The, I think it's one of the only games that has a second-person view. Uh, you know there's a first-person view, and th- this game yep. is a second-person view. <laughs> yeah. Say what now? How does um, that work? There's a sequence where you, you're in a chase... But you play from the perspective of the person chasing you. Oh no! But you still control <laughs> the car that they're chasing. Does it work? That, it does. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's just part that, of like that a sounds segment. cool. Um, I remember like like seeing it come up on like a YouTube like one of those like video essays or something about games design, and it's just like this game is the only second person mode, and that got me thinking about are there any other things like that that have like what? a second person I view? Guess... But I really couldn't think of any. Could you um, describe early Resident Evil type games where you're controlling from what could conceivably be a security camera watching your character? Yeah, that, or, that's an interesting way of thinking. I mean, there were, there were a lot of old 90s racing games where you could flick through loads of very, very similar views that had no right to be there. And then there was Would... always that extra one where mm. you had the view of like a, a camera on the racetrack. Yeah. That is always awful to control. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would, I see what you mean. would Splinter Cell be a good example? Oh, I haven't played because I'm, I'm I'm sure one of the Splinter Cell games had had a section where you were like uh, controlling your character, but viewing viewing um, whatever his name is. Sorry, I can't remember. Um, through um, through a um, CCTV camera. All I remember about Splinter Cell is how horrifically unforgiving the first one is. <laughs> Beat the oh. crap out of 16-year-old me, and I'd never went back to it since. Yeah. <laughs> I damned. Talking yeah. about cool game mechanics, um, that it just reminds me about a conversation me and Tom had about Titanfall 2. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's that one level. <laughs> oh, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, that was an interesting segment, really. That that was like one of those situations where you're like, okay, they put a campaign in the game because people asked them to do it with a shooter, and you think, okay, it'll just be passable, and then you know you play it, you have fun, and then go to the multiplayer. But it really does have some interesting level design, and like there's one level in it, which I guess is sort of spoilery, but there's one level in it uh, where you essentially are given like a button that uh, transforms you between the future and the past. As you go, um, so you, you it's set in like a facility that's all breaking down, like it's on fire. Um, however, you can press a button on your wrist, which he finds in the level, and it sends him back to when it was fine. So you're playing in this place that has a lot of holes in the ground, a lot of things that are going wrong, and you essentially have to wall run between sections, go back to the past where there's the buildings all right, so you can get to a bit that's not there in the future to get through the segment. And when you go back into the past, scientists are looking at you like. What, what? Who the hell is this guy running around? <laughs> so you're constantly like going between these two times, and the way that they did that level is just really creative, like really. It's good it's pure design. genius, in in my opinion. Yeah. So I think it's probably one of the one of the most creative um, video game levels I've played. In uh, obviously, Johnny hasn't played many games, so this <laughs> doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really say much, does it? But it's probably one of the most creative levels I've ever played in a video game. It was it, yeah. it really wowed me. I have to admit, I was it like, really was creative, yeah, that's for sure. From from you describing it, I'm reminded of um, Singularity, which yeah. felt like it 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 kind of slipped under the radar. But thinking back to it, its, it's level design wasn't exactly great. Yeah, but I really liked what they were trying to do with um, 
time mechanics in that, and that's something so many games get wrong. Also, I don't know if you remember, Johnny, but when you killed someone in this level and you went back to the future, you would see their very decomposing corpse. Lying yes. There, which I thought was a ni- nice little touch. The, the um, small, the, the, the attention to detail yeah. in Timefall 2 was great, I, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for for uh, for a game franchise that people have been clamoring for a, for a, a they, they've been, people have been clamoring for a campaign since the first Timefall. Um, <laughs> since this thing was created, people have yeah, been clamoring exactly. for a single player no, campaign. No, but like, like they wanted single player. I think I think Respawn managed to do it. Uh, do it justice um yeah and yeah. i think it was actually i mean i i played the entire titanfall 2 campaign and i thoroughly enjoyed it i've played i've played through the entire thing twice actually and i've enjoyed it both times yeah, it was a lot of fun that's for sure um yeah it's one of those campaigns you can go back to really i mean not, not for replayability factor because you're still playing the same thing over and over again but it's just it's just fun yeah speaking of playing things over and over again. The game I've probably played the most this year was uh, Enter the Gungeon. I don't know if I was waiting for this one. <laughs> I was waiting for this one because I remember you had, uh, we yeah. were, I think we were having a, a meeting about this very podcast um, yeah. possibly six or so months ago and uh, Tom was playing Enter the Gungeon and streamed over Discord and I was oh, like Oh, did I? Yeah, you showed me the game over Discord oh, or, yeah, or, is, yeah. or maybe but yeah, I remember you showing me it, and I was like, this looks like fun. It is a lot of fun. It's also brutally punishing. Um, but I've never seen a more replayable game uh, that that's, that's that simple. Like, it's just a roguelike, just a 2D roguelike. Yet it does everything in a way that um, makes you want to come back and try again. Because there's just so much to unlock. I played it. Like so, put so many hours into it, and yeah, I don't think I've unlocked like half the weapons you can find, um, which is just like, baffling to me. But um, it, it's definitely just like incredibly replayable um, for such a simple game uh, to keep uh, keep you like going back and forth. Um, I like most roguelikes are really punishing in that way, I guess. Mm, um, that's the reason I've never got into them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely understand though, like not wanting to play him. Uh, Realm of the Mad God, that's oh, the one right. I played for a while. Yeah, yeah. Before they had that admin that just went mad and <laughs> went around spawn killing everyone or something. <laughs> oh no, yeah. I can't think of. Uh, I guess FTL was technically a roguelike. That was a good one. Hmm. Um, yeah, I imagine. Uh, um, I'm gonna throw the ball uh, into Fergus's side of the court. Fergus, what have you played? <laughs> Fergus's um, face right now hello, says, hello, hello, oh, Fergus. shit. <laughs> for the Hi, audience, I'm Fergus here. is here. Um, um, game I've played most this year is probably Counter-Strike. Not that I'm any good at it. I mean, do you have to be good at Counter-Strike to play Counter-Strike? Um, everyone else who plays it seems to think so. <laughs> <laughs> that, Are you that, having that, fun that with like Counter-Strike? <laughs> Well, for the first time in about two years, yes, I am. <laughs> because the Valve finally remembered, oh, wait, this exists. The new, the new content. Okay. What was the name of the revolver that they released? That everyone hated? The R8. Oh, that, that one, was. yeah. That's the last time I saw it in, like, the news that wasn't eSports. Um, and everyone was saying it was terrible, right? Yeah. 
I know. Is why don't we put an $800 gun you can buy in the very first round that is a one-shot kill at any distance? <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? Have you have you used it to your advantage yet? I haven't used it since that update because it's that bad. Oh. They, they oh, nerfed okay. it, obviously. Yeah. And ah. it's just not a fun weapon. Yeah. So is it, it's still in the game, but people yeah. just don't use it now? Generally, yeah. Oh, okay. Right. I, I, don't, I kind of feel like Counter-Strike is one of those games that has too much content that doesn't really try to be different enough from all the rest of the content to stand out. Well... Yes. <laughs> there was a very big <laughs> shrug there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They... It, I don't really know what to say. It's, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just, just, just yes. Just yes. Just so long as the map design is as good as ye old Counter Strike, I'll, yeah. well, I'll forgive it. Speaking on the subject of map design and going back to microtransactions, because what else is there to oh, talk no. about? Uh, they didn't. It went free to play this year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so anyone who already owned it got a fancy upgrade that meant they could play with people who've only bought it as well if they wanted to. But, so lots of new people, lots of new money from microtransactions. And then Valve decided that after two years of not doing these, they were going to put an operation in, which is basically a few weeks, well, close to a few months. It's fun missions, replayability, that kind of thing. So then the first one in two years, it costs four times as much as they used to. And with this one that they've put in, they've included brand new player models that you can buy. Mm-hmm. Which completely break the game, because they disguise you into the map. Disguise you, camouflage you into the map. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. It's it's. Have they gone to the season pass slash timed content model? They're, they've Where... always been doing that. It's just they decided mm. to bring it back. Valve's like CS:GO, uh, or even like Dota 2. It's like. Their treatment of cosmetic and like the market has always seemed so so shady, um, mm. in terms of real purchases of the stuff and trading. It's just so it's like a black market. It, the way I see it, I go on Steam, it's just like, oh, I'm I'm too good for this. <laughs> it seems too dark and shady for me. <laughs> um, I don't really like. I never really delved into it, but I don't know if like it's a sustainable. I'm not gonna not gonna buy system. things on the Steam market. Tom yeah. has morals. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, yeah. It just seemed like super, I don't know, like putting a lot of power in the consumers, I guess. Yeah, one of one of the things that I really hate about um, business models used in online games is timed content. Like, if, if you don't play during this operation period, I don't know if this is the way CSGO works, but I know there are other games that do this. If you don't play the game during this period, then there is content that you will lock yourselves out of. And, you, you know, you you don't necessarily have any control of that. There is, yeah, there's just now content in the game that you will never be able to play. Mm. Tough luck. It's it's really shitty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that's like the uh, the active sort of ser- games as a service that yeah. AAA com- uh, companies want to pursue. Keeps players in I guess I guess it sort of works um, I'm going to not talk about that too much because I will rant and, <laughs> and we will, we'll, we'll set an episode aside for yeah, that what point. games as a service or 
Yeah. Yeah, that, that's that's we'll call it Ants Rants. <laughs> oh no, we we will not. <laughs> Why don't you rant about it? Yeah. No, that'll be interesting. Damn. No, I um. I mean, to to give give us a something less um controversial to talk about. I finally got round to playing all of Life is Strange and Before the Storm this year, and that game got in my head. Oh, really? Yeah, it does that. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I don't know how or why. Something what? about it was really good, and I don't know what. Oh, right, so it was it was good that it got in your head, or it like got in there in like a psychological, dark sort of way? Both, I guess. Oh, right, well. <laughs> so, I don't know. Well, okay. I haven't I've got the first one. I haven't played it yet. Um, it's installed. I, I mean, I guess it's not really spoilers, but, you know, the the whole... The first game revolves around the ability to manipulate time. Right. And the idea is that you can make a choice, experience its effects, and then rewind time, and then make another choice at that same juncture and do something different. And, you know, you, you solve puzzles like this. Yeah. Isn't that just quick save? No, because the effect, <laughs> some of the effects of you making that first choice are still persistent. Right. Um, because that's how time travel works. It is. Well, it is in this game. Um, there's there's one puzzle where you have to perform a certain number of actions, but you don't have time to do them all. So you do a couple of them, rewind time a little bit, and then do the rest. Uh, and Yeah, the, the game doesn't really need to hand wave that, oh, yeah, this is how time travel works now. Because that... You, you never end up thinking that while you're playing it somehow. You you don't actually stop to think, actually, this, this time travel isn't consistent and doesn't make sense. Because the game's already engaged you enough to get you over the disbelief. Um, but I, I guess it's because it, it raises the, the question of, um, you know, if just because you can do something, does that mean you should? And it, it gives you a lot to think about in that regard. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. So ba- basically, the game made you realize that you should have a moral compass. That's rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm shocked and I'm deeply offended, Johnny. Good. Well, it's a great and I think it's a very, very well written game with engaging, mm. relatable characters. Mm. Like, I'd also disagree with the time travel thing because. Mm-hmm. The games besides Before the Storm and The Adventures of Captain Spirit. Yeah, which everybody forgets is set in the same universe, isn't it? And also really good to play before you play Life is Strange 2. Because, yeah, because um, I thought that was supposed to set something up, wasn't it? It's about a character that I can neither confirm nor deny makes an appearance <laughs> in Life is Strange 2. <laughs> and hints. Well, that's a yes, then. And it, it gives you a misleading hint, but it's based around powers and what would you do with them like the first game is does max choose love or help people or help herself or does and or does yeah or and life is strange too is about your relationship with your family and your brother yeah the the theme of the series is with great power comes great responsibility but then you know what if your responsibilities pull you in different directions and well, now what do you do? And 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 Uncle Ben's still alive. Your your 
choices are going to have much greater effects than anyone who had to make the same choice in your position purely because of the fact that you're different. Yeah, just to... I feel like that went over right over Anne's head, sorry. Just, just, oh, no, I just ignored it. Just to interject, uh, in case anyone listening to this ever gets confused, uh, Spider-Man isn't in Life is Strange series <laughs> at all. Hot Dog Man is and is a much better superhero. <laughs> They're not a superhero, but they are to me. <laughs> oh. But no, it's oh, like Wan said. It's the way I play the game and the way he's probably played the game are completely different. Mm. And you you can approach the game with those different ways of thinking about it and end up with a completely different experience. Yeah, it's engaging, and honestly, I think the characters are beautiful. Like right. they're just perfect. Like Chloe is really amazingly written, and is kind of relatable to the teenage experience of what she's been through and what she goes through and before the storm helps establish that and life is strange one is about max and it gives you little hints about what's gone on in her life and explicitly tells you and it's really really good and then i will admit to only have only played the first episode of life is strange 2 um i play a lot of games i am the polar opposite of johnny yes i i think it's a testament to how engaging the first one was that really when you think about it before the storm isn't that great a game because it 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 doesn't have a lot of what made the first game so good it wasn't by don't nod it wasn't the same developer yeah it it relies on its narrative it doesn't have the um characters the same engaging questions it doesn't have anything particularly unusual about its its main characters but the fact that the first game is so engaging gets you to the end of it in the same way i think i think a major falling through of before the storm is it was developed during the video game voice actors strike um yes, from sag thing so ashley birch who is the voice actor for chloe price and fun fact tiny tina in hmm. the Borderlands series. Wow. Yeah, I know. Uh, she got that role because her brother wrote it for her. He was the head writer on Borderlands 2, but that's a topic for another day. Couldn't be in it, and I think that kind of loses a lot of the effect for me personally about Chloe. I never noticed it was a different actress. It's if you, Now that you've heard it, you will now know. Hmm. It's a quite a noticeable difference when you are aware of it. But I think Before the Storm just felt to me and i'm sorry if i offend anyone who hears this um like kind of fan service to just develop chloe's relationship with a character from the first game that you don't get to mm-hmm. meet yeah. and i really didn't enjoy it to the point i just kind of watched it on youtube i, f- I feel like it worked better having a character who was so influential but you don't get to know anything about because then you have to make assumptions and you have to go with what you're told, which isn't necessarily reliable. And kind of a shame that they actually answered all that. But Yeah, right. A question for you about the game. From the first game, mm-hmm. who is your favourite character? I don't know. Uh, for when he's being silent for the audience, he has his thinking face on. <laughs> I think no no i don't know i don't know i mean for me personally it was kate marsh 
Yeah, I can see that. Because that was kind of a an experience that a lot of people go through and can be quite relatable, especially with the what happened to her and how she got to the point she did and how you can deal with that situation. Like, there's a you have to investigate and learn about her in order to stop a situation, mm-hmm. and I think it's really good. And honestly, for me, she was one of, the, one of, if not the best character in the game as my personal favourite character. I'm, I'm umming and ahhing about uh, Nathan Prescott, actually, because he, he gets a... He, he starts out as an awful person, and you gradually learn more about him and start to understand why and what he's been through, and then at the end, he... He's almost sympathetic. I hated that guy. And <laughs> yeah, you were supposed to. <laughs> I think he's a dick. Um, we may verge into spoiler territory slightly. I, th- I think we should probably stop talking about Life is Strange because there are now four people who have nothing to say because we're trying so hard to avoid spoilers that we don't make no, any sense. No, no, we are actually making perfect sense. I no, think. you're really not. We're making mm. perfect sense to us. Fergus, no you, one makes you are, sense. You are making perfect sense. I just can't. I, ha- I have nothing to input. I... Apart from maybe maybe with because I don't know who that character is, I would have just said maybe don't judge a book by its cover. But then again, without having played the character and known the character's arc, it's a bit of a jump for me to make that assumption. Say it's, it, so... say it, Johnny. Say what you don't do. Say it's, it. it's um, one of very few uh, games that's worthy of a character analysis on pretty much every character who has a voice line. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, there are characters that make one appearance um, who you kind of can learn about in backstory because you can access social media, Max's notebook, everything, and it's really, really good in that regard. Mm-hmm. And that's I good. think probably... I hate the character. I've got to emphasize that. But a good character with surprising character development that was both good and a little bit sudden was Mr. Jefferson. One of one of the other characters I was thinking about as are, are they my favorite? I also haven't played it in a really long time, so I'm probably remembering a lot of the bigger characters. Mm-hmm. Like a guy that I thought was really sweet it was just a guy in the first episode. You walk through a courtyard. There's a guy who's just sitting there drawing. Don't have to go up to him. Don't have to talk to him. But he's so sweet. Who else played something? <laughs> that, um, that felt like five I mean, minutes of Ant and Violet running off with the show. I mean, um, that's going to happen with various what, people. What did, I, what did I play that I can actually remember and talk about? Um, uh, I finally I finally reignited my, my love for Assassin's Creed this year. Um, okay. Because uh, I, and I, I, I think I'd spo- I've spoken to Ant a lot about this. Um and probably Tom as well. Tom was in the room, but uh, Assassin's Creed Three sort of a, sort of ruined Assassin's Creed for me. Yeah. Um. So this year, uh, pretty sure it was this year. This year, I finally finished Assassin's Creed Three. Terrible ending. So <laughs> didn't care for it. Um. And then I delved into Black Flag, and boy, oh boy, did I have fun with that game. Yeah. That but, game was but Johnny, phenomenal. Ship stealth. <laughs> yes, but Assassin's Creed Black Flag was phenomenal. I mean, I as a as a child, I, I've always had a certain affinity with um, pirates. Like I, I, I like pirates. Um, so of course, I was a massive Pirates of the Caribbean fan when I was younger and all that. And playing Black Flag was just like, okay, I get to be an assassin, I get to be a pirate, 
This is one of my favorite game franchises. Uh, why didn't I finish Assassin's Creed 3 earlier so I could actually play this shit? Because it's fun. It was really fun, and um, I put a lot of hours into it. And sometimes just like roaming on the high seas and just like, just like deliberately trying to 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 go after the biggest ship possible just so that you can, you know, rank up your ship. Like, going after something that you think, you think you'd never be able to take out, then taking it out, then taking out enough of them so that you have a bunch of hunters coming after you, and then shitting bricks and just trying to sail endlessly to the other side of the map so that they can't chase you anymore, because you've got the smaller ship and you can go faster than them. And then them suddenly being, and then you getting into a port, and then suddenly, and then doing a mission, coming out the port, and then suddenly those hunters are waiting in the port for you and you're like holy crap <laughs> I was just like oh I, I just had so much I have to admit I had so much fun with that game um, just as long as you I didn't get... have fun with the ship stealth section Cause no because uh, I had fun I, I had fun with Assassin's Creed I mean I did have fun with the ship stealth the ship stealth section you might say so Tom is... yes you have I'm, to get I'm from A to B <laughs> in a massive ship and somehow not get noticed. Oh, wait a minute. Did they really just take the follower guy mechanic from the land and put that in the yep. sea? Yeah. Oh, yep. that's so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ubisoft, but, no. Like, I, I don't know. I like... um, I, I No, but I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it as well because I, I, loved, I loved the location. I loved I loved the, the setting. I thought the story was quite good as well. It was mm. a massive, massive improvement on Assassin's Creed 3, which just like felt like it dragged. And I, feel, I think maybe that's because American history has never really interested well, me that much. I think Assassin's Creed so... 3 just ultimately feels like a bunch of parts stitched together really badly. Because um, you can really tell that game was made by like six different studios. It feels like the guys who did the ship stuff barely spoke to any of the other teams. Yeah. Um, so what like, they yeah, decided Carlos, to do? Call us a sea captain now. You just you know, there he, we don't really explain it. I disagree. I I love Assassin's Creed Three. I think oh, it's really? great how you play half the game as someone who isn't the main character. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> wait, wait. Do you play half the game as someone who isn't the main character? I swear you just oh, play I, the first play ten, it, ten minutes as as. It's at least five Asian. sequences. I don't know. I gave up. Yeah. It was that <laughs> boring. Yeah. It gets fun when you unlock the rope and then you just stand in trees. At Attach it to British soldiers and jump down and just keep hanging British yeah. soldiers from trees. Yeah, that was the only enjoyable part. Of that I game did like me. that combat. The combat animations were on point. It was really well done. It was a lot of fun to just run admit. around. Um, but everything think... else was just so weird. Like the game just felt weird. Uh, it just me. felt it, the pacing felt wrong. Yeah. For starters, the the pacing of that game felt wrong. I I do like I have to admit I did. There were times where I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed running through running through the trees. I thought that was great. I re that was a mechanism I actually thoroughly enjoyed. Um, but as, as you were saying, like the like the the teams probably didn't communicate much, and they literally just slapped a load of features together and tried to feature creep, um, uh, Assassin's Creed Three, and then they do the complete opposite for Black Flag. They're like, okay, let's just take the ship part of Assassin's Creed 3 and turn it into an entire game because people actually liked that part of the game, apparently. Mm. <laughs> Whereas I actually didn't do much of the ship stuff. And I mean, I did it during the story, but I didn't go go and build my ship or upgrade my ship, which was something you that was one of the side quests in Assassin's Creed 3. I never did any of that. But then I think maybe there was 
too much to do in Assassin's Creed 3, yeah. arguably. Yeah, arguably. I kind of feel like the Assassin's Creed series has just kind of become an executive spinning a big wheel. <laughs> and and then based on that, they, they go to the developers and say, right, this is your setting. Write an Assassin's Creed game. <laughs> I can it's, see it. It yeah. just feels so disjointed game to game. Yeah. Mm. I, I just I do like Black Flag, but um that didn't really need to be an Assassin's Creed game and I think maybe if they'd just done a tighter job on three, they could have called the series there and just leave it. Like it felt like they were just chasing Activision's Call of Duty model, which at the time was like the big money maker thing. That's changed now. Now it's Fortnite's model. But it just oh, felt or like microtransactions. Well yeah, like not a year. Well, well it was it was for a bit. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I see what you mean. It does feel the least Assassin's Creed of all of them. Yeah. 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 But Such then, I mean, you go back and play Assassin's Creed 1 and everyone's complaint there is that, oh my god, this game is so repetitive. Yeah. There's a good game underneath um, that repetitive nature, though. And now we've, we've yeah. got the um, Odyssey and Origins where the game has gone, ah, we, we let you think that the Origin <laughs> was actually where we told you it was, but no. Yeah, and I, uh, such a clunky so retcon. Actually, I hate it because mm. I haven't I haven't played Origins or Odyssey yet. Um, I I started Unity after Black Flag, but I haven't got far with that yet. Um, Good luck because Johnny doesn't play games. Um, <laughs> but um, did have they completely like retconned the original story with Altair then? Well, those those last two um have basically gone. Okay, so you think you know how old the uh, the Order of Assassins is? No, it's actually twice as old as you think it is. Right. I mean, I I could understand if they were trying to say, okay, the the if if they'd gone down the route of, so the assassins were founded in Masyaf during the Crusades. Yeah, that's great. But they stemmed off uh, a, an an ancient order of something else, which you know. Well, which could be an Assassin's Creed prequel, so it could be like an old, an, an older society of maybe assassins, but not the creed itself, and tell the story of how how that societies through the ages have evolved to become the the creed of assassins and the, you know the Assassins Guild, but to just completely wreck on everything. And again, I haven't played Origins and Odyssey, so I'm I'm hearing this uh, sort of for the first time through through Anthony. Thaya's got her waiting to talk face on. She's holding something back. It's just, I just like, yeah, that that upsets me a little. But maybe I've got the wrong end of the stick because I haven't played it. I don't know. Maybe I have to. Thaya's about to correct me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the explicit foundations of the Order of the Assassins and the Knights Templar. It's how they started, which group started them, and where they evolved. Exactly what Johnny said he wanted to happen is happening, having played both Faith of them. restored. Because Vi Faith plays games and Johnny screen. doesn't. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't played Odyssey, but I'm hoping you can explain this to me. Why did they make a game about the origins of Assassins, and then the next one they release in the series is set before that somewhere else? Yes, With th completely different point. characters. Yeah. I have not finished Odyssey. Yeah. Fair enough. This, this is my problem no. as well. Though. Odyssey is a very, very long game. And well, I kind they, of they thought Origins was long. I kind of I kind of ended up getting Origin Premier, Uplay Plus, and have a Game Pass Ultimate. And the same week I started playing Odyssey, the Outer Worlds came out, 
Oh, okay. So you're excused. I'm gonna get back into it over Christmas, so I'll be able to report back. Excuse me. <clears throat> but uh, that is what they are doing. They are adding additional stuff and not completely retconning much. Even if they do, it's little things that will be considered plot holes, none that I can remember specifically. But yeah, it's more adding. It's like the foundation of the order and then where a lot of that attitude stemmed from. More explanation for the... I don't remember what the race is called, but the non-human... Isu. The Isu. Yeah, yeah. the Isu and explanations into them. So yeah. it's a lot of adding more backstory and furthering in the modern day timeline for hints of something bigger to come with that. So is the modern day because, timeline I mean, still ongoing then? I thought that stuff was sort of been pushed out. Well, Des Desmond's story was ended. Oh, yeah, oh, his squashed awful in the end. at the end of three. Yeah. His, um, his, was it, his was ended, but they've developed it more. Like Basically, everyone's played Black Flag. It wasn't that great. Yeah. It's gotten a lot bigger and better, like especially Wait, in Origins. Black, Black Flag wasn't that great? Uh, or... The modern day story. I didn't mind it too much. I mean, it wasn't fantastic, but it was, you know, I did, it was sort of, uh, I can understand why it was what it was, because it's like, okay, we would, we focused on Desmond for God knows how many games. What do we do next? And it was just sort of one of those. It's like, okay, um, let's focus on Abstergo more. So yeah, I, c I can see why it fell flat. And, mm. you know, but it was still, it was still interesting to sort of explore that world a little bit. But yeah, there could have been a lot more. I think, they, could, they could have been a lot more they could have done with it. I think I'm just coming from a bigger comparison point of how they've changed it and developed it, uh, especially in Odyssey, because a lot of the DLCs, from what I've seen, are themed around the modern-day story and developing that further to the point where it looks like the modern-day story is going to become a bigger part of the games again at some point in the future, even with potentially a modern-day one, once they've got to where they want slash need to be. Well, that's just going to be Watch Dogs 4, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> in the Ubisoft Cinematic Universe where all of the games are linked um, in small ways yeah um, I mean because uh, I, I think I, I mean personally I didn't mind Desmond's story yes maybe it got a bit tiresome after a while but I, I, I like the whole the ones who came before thing that, that always intrigued me it, it always had me hooked so I was always, I guess, after Assassin's Creed 3, um, because that was left on quite an ambiguous note, I was always wanting more. And then I, I, I'm glad like they did what they did with Black Flag, but they could have done it better. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping that's that, like, and again, I don't really want any spoilers, but I'm hoping that that's that part of it hasn't been retconned and it's still ongoing because I think one of the most fun things about Assassin's Creed 2 for me was um, the whole um, finding all the glyphs, doing all the puzzles and then seeing that that um, Adam and Eve video at the very end of Assassin's Creed 2 I mean, the, and that entire storyline um, has always intrigued me and it's it's almost sent chills down my spine because it's a bit of a, it's got kind of a mystery thriller sort of higher power sort of thing it's just there's just something about it which which sort of keeps drawing me to assassin's creed apart from the fact that you can keep you that you can jump off roofs and stab people continuously which of course that draws me to the game as well but i think that was one of the selling points of assassin's creed to me was that 
that story arc and that storyline. So I'd like to think it's continued. It is. Uh-huh. It just adds more context to everything, more explanations of the Isu, who they are, what they did, how everything developed. It just focuses more on that rather than, oh, save the cheerleader, save the world kind of thing, you know? <laughs> oh, heroes. Oh, heroes. They did just give up on the modern day stuff briefly, though. So I don't know if it was just Syndicate, but uh, it just became cuts, you know? It like... was. They gave up in Black Flag, in my own personal opinion. Um, I and don't Unity. Think they did. I feel and like Syndicate, it was filler. And then they brought it back. I feel like it was a massive filler in Black Flag. I felt like Black Flag's sort of single player thing was a massive, massive filler because it's still focused on, you know, um, who was it? Minerva? Was it? No, it's not. No, Juno. Juno and her story. Um, and that, yeah, I, I, that still that still had me hooked. By the end of Black Flag, I was like, okay, I still want more of this story. Maybe I haven't had enough. Maybe I didn't feel I didn't get enough of it, but I still want more of it. So I'm glad that they've they've continued it because I think, narratively speaking, it is a core fundamental part of what makes Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Well, when Johnny finally plays games, um, sorry, it's a fun joke. Uh, when you finally get around to playing it, yeah, you will get that. Uh, it still focuses a lot on the Isu, and Juno is mentioned here and again, but that's just because I think what's coming up is heavily built around the end of Desmond's story as the continuation of the next one. That excites me, which means I'm probably the the next thing I do after playing the Outer Worlds because I really want to play the Outer Worlds is finishing off Unity, moving on to Syndicate, and then so on and so forth until I make my way to Odyssey before they release the next one, which is probably going to be in feudal Japan or whatever. I don't uh, know. Uh, rumors are Norse. Yeah, Viking Viking mythology. Okay. Well, that's just that, okay. That's just going to be for Honor too, isn't it? No. <laughs> well, well, they've done Egyptian, they've done Greek. They just need to get Viking out of the way, and then they can do the big three pantheons. Yeah, if they do, if they do Vikings as well, it'll probably be the East who end up being the Norse gods. They're, they're going to bring it, it for honor into the Ubisoft Cinematic Universe. Everything? No, no. Right. <laughs> oh, no. Listen, everything is in the Ubisoft Cinematic Universe. There is an event that happens in four that you actually cause in Watch Dogs, and that is all I will say. Hmm. Unless people are okay with me spoiling To be fair, games. the games came out six I, years ago. Yeah, I'm I don't still mind playing you. Watch Dogs, but I have played... Wait, Assassin's Creed... Wait, which... Black Flag. Wait, four, <laughs> as in Black Flag? Yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. May I? Am I allowed to talk about it, or do people care about spoilers? Because the games are really old. Yeah, I don't mind. And they're from a franchise. I mean, no, yeah, go, yeah go for it. I mean, I'm gonna, okay. Okay. I mean, Assassin's Creed is the more important franchise to me, so go for it. So, how far are you in Black Flag? Because this is going to spoil a little bit of Black Flag. Oh, no, I finished Black Flag. Oh, Sorry, fin- I meant I'm partway through Watch Dogs. Oh, no, it's fine. There is a mission in Watch Dogs where you have to abduct the head developer for Abstergo Game Studios. All right. That's cool. And I like in, that. If anyone remembers from Black Flag, partway through the game, he goes missing. Oh. Nice. I like that. I like the way they've tied that together. Yeah, and on the servers for the defense system that I don't remember the name of right. for Watch Dogs. Uh, CMOS? CMOS? Or... Yeah. No, wait, what? Yeah? Is yeah, it? I think yeah. so. Um, Abstergo logos, are, you can f- find them on some servers for them. 
That's cool. So a That's lot, cool. a lot of the Ubisoft games are linked. If you look it up when you have time, it's really little ways that are really interesting. I have no idea how they would make For Honor link with that stuff. <laughs> but, um, um, since Creed is going to trigger a confrontation between the Norse and the Samurai. The game would fail as in long as Samurai. <laughs> as, as long as they explore Ragnarok, that's all that matters. Yeah. I think our podcast may have run its time. Yeah, we have Potentially. about 10 minutes. I'm, I'm fucking starving. Oh, I thought we were stopping at 8.30. I thought we were stopping at 8.45. Oh, are we? Oh, we yeah, yeah. I, I thought we had another but ten minutes, I or else I would have, I would have wrapped it up already, Tom. I mean, it's about McClunky time, so we should probably wrap up soon. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. Well, you know, this, it's been a good conversation about games and stuff. I mean, it's, I think we've covered a lot yeah. today. Fergus, are you um, still here? Yeah. Uh, just, the delay just to, before the answer, just... then, was perfect. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, just to, just to make it known, Fergus has been here the entire time. Yeah, everyone he, else he just has talks not too left much. the room. Yeah, I've just been politely sitting quietly, waiting for something I actually know yeah. about to be spoken about. <laughs> well, well, I mean, good points about Assassin's Creed and Counter Strike. So you did, you did bring something to the party, now to the conversation. In future, we will have a topic. You get to research, and we will talk about <laughs> Fallout seventy six at some point when everyone who has an Xbox has a copy with gold, and I make everyone play through it with me. Ugh. Are we, we going to uh, put together a I mean, private be, uh... server? Or... <laughs> that, that's that's going to be um, Vi Torture's The Rule Proof Crew. It'll be a heavenly day in hell before that happens. Ah, I can make that happen. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, I, again, I, I, I might force myself to play Fallout 76. Oh, you want us to force yourself? <laughs> you've got you've got to get me to Stoke first. You forget I live down in London and all of you are based up in Stoke. So no, you've got to get me to Stoke. It's only one train ride. No, don't. You have an Xbox and I can um, get one of these guys to send you a copy. And you have gold. You yeah, but that Game doesn't mean I'm going to join your party. Aww. Okay, on today's edition of Johnny Makes Vice Sad... Um, you, you do realise before we play Fallout 76, I've got to play Fallout, Fallout 2, Fallout Tactics, Fallout 3. No, and no, you Fallout don't. 4. No, no, and this is just a silly thing now. Just like it, it, Fallout 76 has nothing to do with the rest of the game. I surely. don't care. You're speaking to the person who wouldn't go and see Avengers Endgame until he'd seen the Fox Marvel TV shows. Oh, right. Damn. What? Anyway, before what? we go, before we go onto this tangent, we oh. should probably start wrapping up. Uh, that, was a, that was a fun tangent. I was going to get to rip into Ant for a bit. Yeah, but today's rip into Johnny Day. Every day's every rip day. into Johnny Day, let's be honest. I know, especially at Ubisoft. Knows the score. <laughs> but yeah, no, we, we probably should wrap it up. Um, yep. I don't, don't yeah. know what to expect from the next podcast. Maybe more like this. Maybe maybe us talking about more informed recent topics. You know, maybe just... we'll do research. But yes, maybe, maybe we'll do research, and maybe maybe we'll have more to talk about. Not that we didn't have lots to talk about today, but you know, maybe we'll you know maybe it'll be more relevant, and maybe it won't. And I will give updates maybe on what you... games I play over the next week because it will be a lot <laughs> yeah. of them. You yeah. Were, so were... expect expect a segment called Vi plays games or something along those lines. It's the opposite of Johnny doesn't play games. You remember yeah. right at the start where you talked about how gaming this year had been a bit of a variety show. And then started to explain everything that had gone wrong with that theoretical variety show. 
Wait, me or Vi? You. You don't remember this at yeah. all, do you? No, um, but yeah, no, my short-term memory is uh, not playing ball here. So Vi, Vi and I, we're, we're trying not to get involved, given that the things you described were also things that went wrong with the variety show we were managing last night. Today on Vi loves working backstage and moving a couch over 30 times in a six-hour period. <laughs> and on that bombshell, no, I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah. No, but, I mean, you know, the, the, the expect better content from us. We're better than this. <laughs> <laughs> we just found the cold open line, oh, guys. Oh, there it is. Today we, can, we can do better every single time. <laughs> but that doesn't mean we will. <laughs> Today on Johnny Says Bullshit Things. <laughs> and on that note, uh, this has been the Roll Proof Podcast. Uh, I've been Johnny. I've been Ant. Oh. I've been talking too much. I have been here the whole time, I swear. <laughs> I've been talking? <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to come up with something. And, um... <laughs> 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 and uh, I'm 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 gonna go off and not play any games. Uh, I don't know what everyone else is gonna go and do. I'm um, gonna go off and play games. <laughs> <laughs> so Vi's gonna go off and be my polar opposite as per usual. And um, thanks for listening. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye bye. Bye bye everyone. Good night audience. Goodbye Bonsoir. everyone. <laughs>